Welcome into MLB Odds Checker video Saturday preview. It's new here. John Legaza, Drew Martin. We are previewing the Saturday slate. It's Friday right now. Early look. John, one of my favorite days, if not my favorite day of the week. Always good to see you, buddy. Love it, man. Yeah, for real. I love doing this show with you, Drew. And I, I'm really glad that we're kind of going to take a new angle and get it out a little bit earlier. And we're going to kind of leave this fruit on the vine, right? Let it ripe. And again, it's going to lead into something hopefully we get to talk to at the end, and that's closing line value. You know, there is value in getting your picks out early, doing your analysis early, because sometimes you can beat the market. And I think we're going to point out a few of those. And listen, right, this is all about money. This is all about value. And I think we got some of that today. So I'm really excited to get into these games with more than just two or three hours to spare, right? When we are, we're yeah. kind of under the gun. We get to kind of see this, digest it, and then again, digest the way the market looks at it. So let's go, man. Giddy up. Absolutely. Let's get after it. I mean, guys, we got three games we wanted to break down and then some trends, angles going into the weekend that might help you find some more winners than losers. The whole point of doing this is that to get out good information. Actually, first game here, John, one that I, I didn't have a bet on on the openers. But the next two we do have uh, kind of lined up here. Cleveland and Baltimore. You're going after the total here. We're seeing eight and a half. Aaron Savale, John Means on the hill. Um, this one at Baltimore, four o'clock on Saturday afternoon affair. Where are you looking to go uh, with the Indians and O's tomorrow? Yeah, for, for me, this is an under. And again, I mentioned closing my value because I knew we were going to talk about this. The line right now is at eight and a half. Anyone that catches this now, check it. I believe by tomorrow, that number, not only the price is going to move, I believe the entire number shifts. I really do. I believe that number shifts down to eight. This is a big pitching matchup. Man, Savali is excellent. The youngsters had a very bright young career. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah. something you and I like to talk about are tangible changes that kind of affect pitchers. So, I mean, he's very good. It's not like he needed much of a change. But he ditched the sinker for his new and improved fastball, something he was working on in the offseason that he's actually flattened. So he's corrected the shape of it a little bit, and he's been excellent this year. 3-2 ERA, one flat whip, the walk rate below six, the chase rate, you know, the, the strikeout rate's a little bit low, and I know that's the hang-up on Savali, but, man, the, the K rates are not everything. The walk rate below six is more important he has an above average chase rate as well. So he can induce some swinging strikes. He has a very high ground ball rate. His barrel and blast rate, something you and I talk about, is below yes. 4%. His home run rate right around 1 per 9. And listen, distance is everything. He's gone at least seven innings six times. I don't know if there's another pitcher that's done that. And the other side, man, means might even be easier to handicap than Savale. He's been nothing oh, short yeah. of brilliant. Yeah, we saw a velo bump against something I know you saw because it's very oh, yeah. important. We saw that velocity spike. And now we, we did see it kind of go a little bit higher than it's been right now last year, but that's okay because it has settled at least two miles an hour higher than we saw it. Means has just been phenomenal. One thing I wanted to get to with him, people, is we see a very high fly ball rate. And now that used to kind of be a non-starter, Drew, right? We'd see a 45% fly ball rate, and we're thinking that just can't be, especially if half his right. game in Camden. Listen, people, the ball is different. We're not seeing the carry Good that point. we did. So you can have a 48% fly ball rate, but he also has a 26% hard hit rate, a 21% infield fly rate, and a very low bow rate. So, again, if we can 
kind of parse through, right, these elevation baskets through. It's not always just about fly ball rates. So he's been he's been excellent. And you know what? We're actually buying the dip. He gave up three runs last time, which for him is pretty bad outing. Both of these offenses are really struggling. I mean, this one just kind of is aligned. We're actually both bullpens are okay. Both were struggling a bit as of late, but some of the underlying metrics are, are not that bad. So this one, I, again, I'm, I'm really surprised to not see this at eight. Or even seven and a half, you know, we see struggling offenses. We have two very good pitchers and ones that go distance, right? Means and Savali, very well, both might complete seven innings tomorrow. So those are the things I like to circle when I'm looking for my totals. Again, I'm not much of an over guy, but I do like unders. Give me pitching matchups. Give me unders, Drew. I like this one. I think we clear it pretty easily. This one feels like a 3-1 to me. You know, I don't even think we really come close to that eight and a half. Yeah, and guys, probably going to want to jump on this earlier than later when you're watching this because these eight and a halves, yeah. the hook might be gone on that. Might be yeah. eight by Saturday before. You, you know, you talk about normalizing home run rate. I'm not a big guy on doing that, John. And then you bring up, you know, two good points here in terms of infield flies. Is he's high on it? I, I don't like to count infield flies and home runs as the same thing. So normalizing fly balls, I've never been yeah. a fan of. And, John, you bring up the new ball this year so fly ball pitchers tend to be helped out a lot more than just say ground ball pitchers that's a good point towards this under as well john so good start here on the under indians in o's of eight and a half um you bring up velocity tick up that that has to do with uh one of the bets i have circled here just bet on it personally on the openers guys if you're watching this a little bit later we're going uh, a little bit after 4 30 on the eastern time here breaking down the saturday card looking to do this in the future as well uh we got john legaza cork stats podcast i am drew martin on twitter at drew martin bets follow john on twitter at mlb moving averages the next game here seattle mariners la angels alex cobb kikuchi talk about velocity bump kikuchi we've seen it this year he's missing more bats his velocity is up john and uh his numbers are good overall so we're getting the mariners at a what plus 15 can get him as high as plus 120 out there got the slightly better bullpen as well and alex cobb yes his numbers when you just look at you know the peripherals are good i think it's a little bit more smoke and mirrors and i think the mariners are are going to be able to put up a couple crooked numbers here john i like the m's at the plus price is the underdog yeah, me too. I'm a little surprised. And again, I wouldn't be surprised again, Drew, when sharp minds get together, we create sharp outputs <laughs> that that I wouldn't be surprised if this line tightens a little bit. Again, I don't think the Mariners will shift to the favorite, but do not be surprised to see that 120 as a plus 105. You know, again, yeah. that's the benefit to being out in front. Remember, people, Vegas does not predict winners. They just set the point on the fulcrum, right? They set the point on the lever looking for even money. And when sharp money begins to come in, the sharp money here and there is going to be coming in at plus 120 to start in the M's. Man, Kikuchi, not only did we get the velo bump, but again, I really like when pitchers, I don't want to say I like when they change their arsenal, Drew. But what I do like is when they identify a weakness and begin to maximize its strength. I mean, it sounds intuitive, but we really do have a lot of pitchers in the major leagues that struggle with a pitch and become very stubborn and try and beat their head into the wall. We've seen that with a lot of sinker ballers this year. Kikuchi, he started featuring the cut fastball in 2020, and now he's really kind of perfected it this year. He's been just nothing short of excellent. And one thing I want to point out, you mentioned the strikeouts. His K rate is at 25, which is very good. However, I would say the basket underneath it portends even something much better. So he has a 20, uh, 25K rate, but the swing strike rate is 14. Now, normally 
quick back of the napkin math, you could normally multiply by two to get your K rate. So 14 times two is 28. So already we're opening the door there. But uh-huh. his chase rate is over 34. His end zone contact rate is below 83. So the, all those matters and all those numbers in accordance matter, Drew, because we you know we're built again, we're building this profile. He needs you need different avenues. A lot of times people chase a single stat, but if the other team does that well, again, something you and I talk about, comparative analysis, you know, it matters. So Kikuchi can beat you in and beat you out. And that really matters because LA has really struggled. They're not walking and they have a bottom five yes. chase rate last seven. So you see how we kind of build these arguments. Again, I would I would definitely want to circle something you said. Cobb is not a gas can. So I'm not really looking for the giant blowout, but I'm not really buying what he's selling as well. I mentioned buying the dip. There is an opposite to that. There is an inverse and that's selling the rip, Drew. And it's when if something <laughs> right. is if a price is up really high that we're not really believing in, yeah, you could short that. We're, I'm going to look for that to come down a little bit. So, again, I don't think we kill him, but I think Kikuchi is getting shorted. Angel's offense is struggling. Mariner's offense is ticking up a bit, right? France is back. Hanager is very hot. And I think they did themselves a favor moving Jared Kelnick back. It was a lot to ask of him to come up into the majors. And, listen, Mariners are winning right now, so it's tough to ask him to come and lead off and kind of – Charge with a young team. That's a lot to ask of him. I think he's more comfortable batting six or seven. He's been looking better. So the mm-hmm. M's, you know, and that, that bullpen, uh, Graveman is back. So the bullpen is back and, you know, all together. And the band is back together. I like the M's a lot. I really do. Like, I have this one. I have this one as pretty much, man, a locked win because I do my own pricing, Drew. And I had this as minus 115 Mariners. So, you know, I'm off by 45 bucks on the price alone. So for me, I'm smashing this one before it changes. Yeah, I love that. I, I go through guys a lot similar here to John, you know, uh, um, in terms of making my own numbers. I had the Hems as a favorite as well. And actually, if you're new to sports betting, looking to get into this uh, and make it more than just kind of throwing out a bet every now and again, that's one thing I would tell new bettors out there, John, is go through the night before, before you look at the yeah. odds and go go put what you think is the number after doing research on the games and then compare yep. it to where the market closes at. I think that's a good way to kind of get started in this business, John. Love that. It really is, man. It really is a sharp way to do it. I've made the analogy of shopping for groceries. You want to know what you need, but you also need to know what you want to pay for it, right, Drew? If I tell you we want steak tonight, you can't just go in the store and buy any steak because they're not all created equal. So remember, price really matters, and that's the difference in value, right? If I think something is worth X and the price is X minus 2, then I want to jump on that. But if it's the inverse and it's X plus 5, maybe I'm going to let it go. So I love that. Create your own prices Mm because that's how you develop your own value. Remember, the casinos are not all-knowing. I like to push that point because I feel like there is a perception, Drew, with the public of casinos and like them just being this kind of all-powerful entities, right? Like they always know the answer. And that's just not the case, everyone. It's just not the case. If you're sharp like Drew and you put your work in and you're very big on risk management, something that I, you know, talk about all the time, you can win. I win. I make money at this every year. Yeah. And if you're sharp like John, like to his point, you know, there was always that slogan like, oh, Vegas knows something. And and they do. I mean, there's smart people doing this. But when you're on to something, you're looking under the hood, you're putting in the time and you're knowing the sport, knowing the market, you can get an edge here, guys. You can make money long term. And John, speaking to this point of going out in front of the market, one that we were just talking briefly off air here and we're lining up on again, New York Mets at San Diego Padres. It's actually the nightcap on Saturday here. So uh, if you like late night action, this one might be for you. We're seeing uh, Jason DeGrom, Joe Musgrove here. We're seeing DeGrom is just a dollar and a quarter favorite. 
with one of the hottest lineups in baseball, John. <laughs> Don't look now, but in the National League East, look who's on top here. The Mets are. I know it's not a great division, but uh, we get DeGrom on the hill, minus a dollar and a quarter here. I like it, just the price alone here, John. What, what are you thinking? I, I I saw this and just couldn't believe it. You know, I hash out a lot of these stats. And again, you mentioned the Cork Stats pod. I do. It's my baby. But my, the, the thing is, I put all of these games under the microscope. There, I mean, it's almost like to break down Jacob DeGrom's stats, it almost feels like I'm doing it like for me to enjoy looking at such amazing stats in baseball. He cannot be a minus 125 ever. I said this to you before the show. <laughs> Jacob DeGrom shouldn't be a minus 125 against the 23 Yankees blind. You know, that's just this price. This is a misprice. Uh, people are, are chasing jerseys. And I almost, man, I hate giving guarantees because we all know, you know, anything can go either way. This price is not going to stay here, okay? Bruce said it. It's 4.30. It's the afternoon on the East Coast. Whenever you hear this, go look. The Mets cannot be minus 125. That's going to be minus 145. That might close at minus 155, really. And you don't always see line movements that extreme. But I really think we do just as people start to do what Drew and I just did. 125, smash. You know, it's almost like bet first, research later. And I'm never like that, but come on. This is Jacob the GOAT here. I mean, there's no one better. He's the best in the business. And like you said, the offense is hitting, so that's enough for me. That's all I need to know. The bullpen is pitching. All I need to know. They the bets all the way tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And as we're talking right right now, guys, first fives aren't out yet. I would look towards the first five as well. Padres do have a better bullpen, obviously, depending on the price here. But yeah, to yeah. John's points, not sure if uh, minus 125 is going to be there by the time you see this video, hopefully on Friday night. And then on uh, Saturday throughout the day, I could see the Mets uh, just projecting where this line closes a uh, little bit more pricey than the dollar and a quarter we're seeing right now. I mean, Jason DeGrom, no more than one earned run all season long. Man, oh my gosh. This is as good as we've seen anybody pitch really in our lifetime. Yeah, right. I mean, it is. you think of I think of the handful of guys that I would just be like, wow, Pedro Martinez for a minute. Randy and Johnson. Randy Johnson for sure. Randy Johnson for sure. He'd get up there and you were like, all right, pack it up, guys. Let's just go home. You know, right, right. I wouldn't even bother picking up the bat. And man, DeGrom, we I mean, the the hundred mile an hour stats are just uh -huh. they're unbelievable. I mean, he he's, I think the last I checked, I think it was five times ahead of the next pitcher as far as number of 100-mile-an-hour pitches thrown. He's sitting at 101. You know, he sits 101. He's unhittable right now. He's just absolutely unhittable. The Padres are not even hitting right now. Granted, Tatis is phenomenal. He's one of the best in the biz on that side of the ball. But Jacob DeGrom is the GOAT right now. Yeah, you can't mess with that. Sometimes price is just everything. John, I wanted to bring up uh, one more here. Getting a mile high, night game, 9-10 Eastern, 6-10 Pacific. Oakland A's, Colorado Rockies, Kyle Freeland and uh, Cole Irvin, the lefties, going at it here. What about the Rockies' home road splits? First off, we're getting dollar and a quarter, minus 130 as high as on the A's. Colorado Rockies, you can get them, what, plus 115, plus 120 if you're searching around here Friday afternoon. I like Colorado as the side. I also like the over a little bit here because I don't really trust Freeland, the pitcher for the Rockies. His first two starts, he hasn't pitched in cores yet. They haven't exactly been great. But just talk about these splits here, John. And actually, the Rockies are waking up a little bit. Um, 19 and 12 at home at Coors Field. 19 wins, 12 losses, comfortably over 500. And on the road, 4-22. and 22. I want to be betting the Rocks a mile high, and I want to be fading them elsewhere. We get them at home here, plus price. 
I like this side, John, especially because Irvin, 24 hits in 15 innings, his last 13, uh, excuse me, 15 innings, he's given up 13 earned runs. Yeah. I don't think that projects well for Coors Field. So I like the Rockies. I also like the over here, but just these splits are absolutely wild. I've never seen anything like it, John. Yeah, now, well, now you got me when you said the, the O word in cores, and it's over. For me, cores isn't over or or nothing. I generally, you know, when you do a, your analysis, you have to like add, you have to add earn runs expected to your pitchers. So I generally just don't like to do that. I do agree with you, and I think they'll win, but I don't generally take sides in cores. You got me with the over here. That I think, that I think we're going to get. Um, yeah, I am a bit surprised to see it where it's at. That's another one. Do not be surprised if that is up a full run. Once people start to get a handle on the fact these offenses are, are starting to go, they're starting to shift a little bit. You know, you got to be careful. Just, you know, people focus on just the season, let's say, and you can see the Rocky season stats as an offense, and they're not very good. But that's not enough, Drew. You know, there's, yeah. there's injuries, lineups are changing, things are going in and out. And, you know, there's just the natural kind of machinations. Right now, Colorado Rockies looking like, you know, a top, let's say, eight offense, 340 team OBP. And always I like to look at the discipline basket. 22% K is very good. The walk rate is over 10. So when you have a uh, 10% uh, K minus walk rate there as a squad, that's phenomenal. So they're getting on base. They're making pitchers work. And you know, you know, they're not necessarily all mashers, but Blackman woke up and that the environment helps. It's just what it is. So, you know, guys like Daza and Tapia and Hampson, all these guys get a boost. And we've seen them. Fuentes also has been excellent at home. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just – I love all the offenses at home. The bullpens are not very good. You know, Oakland has shown us a bit here and there in the bullpen, but they're, they're struggling also. You know, the K rate is just too low as a squad. They've got the ball up in the air too often. So, like – you can get at both of these bullpens, and that's where I think it is. So I wouldn't, you know, listen, cores is what it is. This one could end up 16-18. You know, you have you happen to – sometimes these full games overs, we leave them in the rear view once we're five in. You know, so, like, I, I just I, – I, I, that's why I don't mess with the money lines. But I love the overcall here. I think if I was doing one more play, that would have been it. So you and I are totally in line today. Yeah, and you can get them under a dozen as we're talking now. Uh, later on Friday afternoon, yeah. East Coast here, 11 and a half. So yeah. under key a dozen. Number, 12 in cores. That's a key number in cores, a 12. Very 12. much. And you know what? One thing, because I mentioned the un under before, I want people to, to think about, and it's be careful with the – you mentioned losing the hook, which is a huge, you know, very important. But I'm always especially – careful when it brings it down to an even number, right? So be careful with even numbers, people. And the reason I see this is because you end up with one scoring combination, that's a loss. Okay, so let's use the number eight I mentioned before. If that eight and a half um, under I want for Cleveland goes to eight, it's a lot less attractive, right, or more unattractive than eight and a half. Why? Because four, four, you lose. Right. Okay? Even at eight and a half, mm -hmm. four, four is a loss. So that hook really matters and like i said in uh, especially when it takes you down to a um to an even number because like you know you could be watching that game 4-3 right and you you figure you're you're comfortable but that if the run hits on the wrong side 4-4 four, four is an auto loss you know Great we're 5-3 and you're good under eight and a half 4-4 four, four, and you lose so i'm always just cognizant of right those combinations that could send us packing with empty pockets so again you mentioned it 
Um, and it's betting early, and I think in particular with totals, Drew, because those are the lines that move. I feel like money lines, the price moves. So you could wait for a lineup, right? They're going to move five cents at a time. Under and overs, the entire totals move, and then, you know, the bet can be not palatable. So I think right. that's a great point you brought up. That's why, you know, really hammer that home, people. Really important stuff, yeah. Corked Stats Podcast at MLB Moving Averages on Twitter at FTN Bets as well. Check it out. I'm also on Twitter at Drew Martin Bets. John, obviously knowing his stuff, bringing it each and every week. Guys, looking to do this, you know, for Saturday's card going forward. Yeah. So feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Make sure to be checking out Odds Checker, up to date lines, uh, good MLB analysis, and also good sports betting stuff across all sports. So check it out, Odds Checker. Com. John, um, to that point, I mean, one one reason I would look towards the over as well a little bit more here, I bet them both, but um, maybe th something I'm pumping the brakes on in terms of sidewise is Oakland in their road record of 16 and 8 away from the Coliseum here. Now, I, I don't think it's enough to keep me off the rock side, but I wanted to get your opinion here on how much you bring in uh, – an MLB team, how much success they're having on the road. Is that just kind of random or do you view that as something that's repeatable and you stay away from betting against teams that are playing well on the road? Yeah, I, man, it's, it's a tough one because I think there's probably some context to all of them. So I don't know if I have a blanket answer, but I would say this, particularly in division, when a team is good on the road, and this is just what I've heard players talk about, uh, for hitters, it can be the batter's eye. Okay, and that's just yeah. what I'm getting at is sometimes there are tangible variables that make a difference. But um, we've heard Mandy Ramirez used to talk about that at Yankee Stadium. One of the things he loved so much about Yankee Stadium was the black batter's eye. It helped him pick up the white ball, and it was just a thing for him. So I think we want to be careful just saying, like, oh, a team is good on the road or bad on the road. You and I spoke about this briefly before we got on air. I'm more into people that are really good at home. Like when it, if a player is really good at home, um, I feel like that's more sustainable because a lot of times baseball players being known as being kind of creatures of habit, when you're home, you can control that routine. So that's normally where I go with as far as splits goes. Road splits, I think, are a little more careful. I'm really curious to your take. I heard the beginning of it and I was like nodding my head. So I'm looking for the rest of it now, Drew. Talk to me about the road splits. I mean, on, on the road, I'm I'm more interested in a team. And I heard this earlier from a, a good handicapper, Tony Finn, of when they are are bad on the road. When they're yeah. good like this in, yeah. in, in the Oakland A's, I think there could be something there. But I'm more interested when a team is really bad, like the Colorado yeah. Rockies, 4-22. and 22. I don't want to be bet wow. betting the Rockies yeah. on the road it, pretty much, you know, across the board, John. And it yeah. mainly becomes, you, you know, we talked about this as well. When guys get away from their habit, what they're doing, you know, sleeping with their yeah. wife, you know, next to their wife and yeah. kissing their kids in the morning. I think that yeah. stuff matters, going to the yeah. ballpark at a certain time. When you're on the road, that stuff's more dictated to you, you know, be ready to go here at this time, stuff like that. So I think that matters um, in terms of baseball betting guys on the road where, where they struggle, not so much when they're really good on the road. Yeah, I, well, I love that point. And I could speak a little bit to it firsthand. Again, I've never been a professional ball player, but, you know, I, I have done some pretty kind of critical labor. I was a, a high-end kind of commercial electrician as a younger man. 
And, you know, you do jobs that are really big and they're far away and up high in the air and you can't always travel back and forth. And that was the point I was getting to. You talk about family. And there have been times where I have been away from the family for three, five, seven days at a time. And it's painful. And I feel like the work suffered. So yeah. I'm not just saying that, you know, not being around. The, it doesn't. And again, it doesn't have to be family. It's not for everybody. Just not being around the things that fulfill you. Right. Not being around the things that put the wind in your sails. That stuff certainly matters. So I love what you mentioned about about that. Again, I think that's what I was trying to verbalize, Drew, that I don't know if I really buy that you could be great on the road. Right. I think they just might be good baseball players doing what they do. Right. And that. It's more about being very bad at home, I think might have more sustainable underlying variables there, like reasons for sort of getting that. So I'm digging that, man. I'm with you 100%. He's John Legeza at FTN Bets on Twitter, at MLB Moving Averages, Cork Stats Podcast. Check it out. It's his baby. Breaks down all the games as well. <laughs> Odds checker as well. John, is there anything else that you wanted to throw out here before we shut this down? No, that's it. I mean, uh, you and I mentioned CLV off the air and a little oh, bit yeah. here and just just briefly before we get on the way out um people clv is is good and it's very important to identify right so i know i i have been known as being a handicapper that not to say i ignore it drew but i don't subscribe to it the way a lot of people do and it doesn't mean i don't think that there's wisdom to the crowd i understand some of these things have been tested mathematically so i don't you know it's not like i ignore it but i won't bet it blind i more like it to, you know, for validation of my own moves, and especially with overs and unders totals, right? So some people chase price momentum, and that's just never going to be me. I'm never going to allow my decisions to be dictated by the crowd because generally I like to go against the crowd. We and you have spoken about that. You know, that's not going to be that's not going to be me. But when it comes to overs and unders, those are those are. Prices I like to identify early because there is wisdom to the crowd, and I think they're going to move those things. So, again, I think you're going to see that Cleveland game go to eight. I think you're going to see that the Grom line move to 155. And then in those cases, the overly patient players, which, listen, I like to pride myself in being patient. I do. But you have to know when it's time to be aggressive. And when it's time to be aggressive is when the price is on, on that fulcrum I mentioned, right? If we're right on the razor edge, you have to jump. Because that number moves, you might not want it anymore. And I'll be honest, Drew, as much as I like the Mets to win, I'm not betting that 160. I'll tell you right now, I'm not taking that bet at 160. Where 125, I'm going to smash it. So in that case, right, the early action and how I'm responding to my understanding of CLV matters. Right? So I think there's just nuance there. I just wanted to get that out there. Some people kind of chase it blind. Some people kind of ignore it totally. And I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. I like it. Yeah, I don't bet it blind. I want to be on the on, on that side more times than not yeah, on the yes, move. But yes. yeah, I'm with you. Quants that just go through through the list and say, uh, you know, be, be, beat the line at all costs. I'm not so sure that they're more of the betters and just more just uh, kind of talking about it, John. Yeah. So that was a good point, man. And uh, guys, that does it for the show. That's all we show, got man. for you. I uh, got to keep it under a half hour here. And we always appreciate you joining us. Be back next Friday as well. Looking towards the Saturday card, hopefully grab some winners for you. In recap, what, John? We got uh, Cleveland, Baltimore, under eight and a half. We got the New York Mets, which we're lining up on here. DeGrom, minus 125, dollar and a quarter. Not sure that that's going to be out there very long. Seattle Mariners, plus the, plus the uh, what, 120? Now even yeah. down to plus 115. 
uh, market wide. And then I like the uh, Oakland, Colorado game. I like the rocks plus the points and also the over of 11 and a half over a dozen runs there. Uh, So for John, I am Drew guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check out oddschecker.com guys. We'll be back next Friday. Best of luck with your bets until then.